0: Find the answers to questions you may or may not have asked yourself here at Science, Conversations on Cognitive Science, hosted by Elisa Palmer and Sönke Löw. We were at a special event, which was the Coxie Space Day. There we had the chance to talk to a great variety of different people and talk about their fields of interests, may they be students or professors. We talked about various aspects of Cognitive Science, such as neuroscience, linguistics, philosophy or artificial intelligence and many more. All the interviews were kept rather short, and another exception of our bonus episodes will be that not only Zoonk and me are hosting, but also our two amazing producers, Alina and Sophie, and both will jump into this role of being an interviewer. So stay curious and tune in.
1: Um, Okay, we are here with Professor Kai-Uwe Kühnberger. He is a lecturer for Artificial Intelligence at the Institute of Science in Osnabrück. Um, Thank you for joining us for this short interview.
2: Thank you very much for the invitation.
1: <laughs> um, we always have interviews with a little get-to-know game where we ask our uh, guests to complete a sentence. And this sentence is, as a kid, I always wanted to be.
2: A composer.
1: So you're into music then? Yes. Do you still do music? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Nice. Um, How would you explain your field of interest or your research field to someone who would be 10 years old?
2: Well, uh, artificial intelligence is um, the building of non-human, non-biological systems that have the capacity we have. Essentially, for example, talking in natural language like we do here, um, making a plan to come from place A to place B. Uh, following a certain strategy to become better in high school or, for example, in a particular discipline, um, or perceiving our environment uh, with our senses. And these are all abilities humans have, and uh, we want to build systems that have a well, let's say an ability on a human level. That's the ultimate, game of art, uh, the ultimate goal of artificial intelligence, I think.
1: Nice. Um, is there a specific subfield you do within artificial intelligence? We are
2: interested in more or less all fields of artificial intelligence that can originally, 10, 20 years ago, we were mostly interested in knowledge-based systems. Uh, the most important application here is, for example, the semantic web. Uh, which uh, most people probably know, Uh, and currently there's this big hype during the last 10 years of deep learning, Uh, and and so far machine learning plays now a much more important role in comparison to 20 years ago, I would say.
3: All right. Um, You said that you, um, as a kid, wanted to be a composer, and I have... Uh, taking one of your seminars, where you uh, found a connection between artificial intelligence and music, um, but we are interested um, in how you got started in the field you're doing today. So, how did you start with AI? I think like the connection to music came way later, and that's not not an obvious path to to artificial intelligence from wanting to be a composer.
2: Yeah, that's definitely right. So, as you as as as, as, as things happen so often in in, in life. That's kind of a p- an accident, actually. So, so I, I, I was interested in doing my studies in in, in, in logic-based systems. So, doing logic and mathematics, doing logic and linguistics, doing logic and philosophy, and uh, one field which became then for the PhD thesis very important was uh, doing logic and computational linguistics. And at that time uh, in Tübingen, uh, computational linguistics was a part, not of an AI department or so, but it was just a part of in, yeah, a faculty which was mostly interested in uh, linguistics and literature and stuff like that. Um, and when I moved uh, to Bloomington, Indiana, um, I was first of all, first first time confronted with artificial intelligence. Later in Osnabrück, uh, I well, somehow switched from computational linguistics to artificial intelligence in a broader sense. But this is strongly connected because Um, 30, 40 years ago, artificial intelligence in Germany was mostly either doing computational linguistics or doing theorem proving. That was the big fields at that time. And so far it was not so a big change, it was a big move, a big step. It was more a continuous development in a certain sense, but it was kind of accidental, so there was no big plan or anything like this.
3: Okay, and then um... You somehow ended up here in Osnabrück. Was that because, like, um, cognitive science is like the connection of all these things, or is there another yeah, reason?
2: Yeah, yeah, th- th- That's definitely an interesting point because <clears throat> my first connection uh, to cognitive science was in Bloomington, Indiana. Bloomington, Indiana was in the I was in the 1997 to 1999 in Bloomington, Indiana. Bloomington, Indiana was by far, in my opinion, at that time's one of the largest cognitive science uh, uh, research institutions in the world. Um, and I was somehow split between many, many different departments, math, computer science, philosophy and linguistics and stuff like that. And that was the first time where I saw that there's this broader field and there are so many people working in an interdisciplinary way together. And to continue this in Osnabrück was a reasonable step. Although at that time, when I moved to Osnabrück, it was in the year 2000, 2001, I think, or 2002, um, um, cognitive science was extremely small. So in comparison to Vienna, <laughs> tiny, uh, but uh, in the last 20 years, there was a lot of development and now we have a really relatively large institute, I would say.
3: Hmm. Um, I mean, the field of artificial intelligence is a lot in the public discourse right now, but is there something that you um, think that was Recently discovered that is huge for the field. Any any major breakthroughs that um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. came up in the last years that that uh, are especially interesting to you? Yeah I would say
2: so, so so in my subjective sense this is clearly a, a subjective and personal um, perspective on the history of artificial intelligence there was uh, there was all the time some 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 little breakthroughs i would say so uh, and some change of paradigms in a certain sense uh, but it was mostly a kind of a continuous improvement in, in 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 getting better and better systems for modeling certain cognitive abilities but what is really surprising is what happened 2017 uh, when uh, the google people with two toronto people published this paper attention is all you need um, and when uh, the first time something like these large language models or the architectures of large language models were, were proposed because this was an improvement in performance of natural language which was not expectable and which was not anticipated. It was uh, relatively surprising how well the system suddenly worked. Um, and um, and and I would say this was one of the big, big new developments and major breakthroughs at least in the last uh, twenty years, I would say. So I, I, for example, I would I would say that the, classical convolutional neural networks and then the image recognition things in 2012, 13, 14, where there were a lot of development here. There were also breakthroughs, but there were more the little breakthroughs. But this large language model, this is something completely new, in my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. So there are many scientists uh, working in this field, but is there someone in particular you would like to sit down with, have a chat, have a tea, dead or alive, in your field or outside of it?
2: <laughs> oh, that, that's an interesting question. Uh, so, so, so AI, AI is a, is, is a field that that brought up many, many interesting people. And uh, if you if you if you, if you talk to Jürgen Schmidhuber, for example, one of the developers of LSTMs, for example, and 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 uh, if you talk um, um, to, to 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 other famous people, um, um, then. Um, then they are extremely smart and they are interesting. They, sometimes they are also a big, um, how shall I say this? Uh, they are a big extreme in their opinions and somehow also, um, um, in a certain sense, very special in their behavior in a certain sense. Um, but, but historically, I would say, well, it's really a pity that the old people I'd never met. So Marvin Minsky I never met, John McCarthy I never met. Fikes I never met, so I, I don't know these people. I don't just know what, what they did and what they developed. Um, some people from the newer uh, um, history of AI you get to know somehow. Um, um, but uh, but but nothing nothing special. I would, because you just talk to these people, and usually it's more a kind of um, um, a scientific talk, an exchange of ideas, or something like of this type. It's nothing where you are really interested in the personality of these people. But but scientists in general, and this is probably. We are known by everybody who in, in, in his or her life met or studied, studied at one time of his or her life in a university knows that scientists are very special
3: <laughs> in comparison to other
2: people. And this is definitely also true for artificial intelligence, I would say. So um, someone, someone, for example, I, I, I found very, very sympathetic and very, 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 very smart person was, for example, Sebastian Trun. Uh, who has won the big, the great challenge, uh, um, the DARPA challenge with with this Stanley uh, mobile, you know, driving through the desert, 200 miles or something of this type, right? so autonomously clearly, and it was already in the year I think 2006 or seven. Cool. So it's a relatively long time ago, um, and and he's really inspiring. But no, I have no special special interest to to, to get to know certain people.
1: Um, it's interesting you mentioned um, uh, Schmidt Hoover because mm-hmm. I think Sebastian Mustig also mentioned him when we asked him this question. He was like, yeah, he, he's,
2: he's one of the of the of the very interesting guys, uh, and I he was he was very very uh, just just a month ago he was uh, um, a guest in in Markus Lanz uh, show. Um, uh, together with the, with the Ministry of the BMBF uh, the Federal ministry um, in, in Berlin and um, and it was really interesting what he was saying because uh, and he has really he had very very smart positions and he's an extremely smart person uh, knowing so many things right and um, and then the interesting thing is that his perception of the history of AI is completely contrary to my my perspective which is kind of kind of interesting in my opinion
1: in in which way
2: yeah, well he 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 had a position where he said uh, ai was more or less a german thing until the year 2000 um, and, and then uh, or let's say 2005 or so and then there came the politicians and, and no first of all and then there was this big development in the us and in china clearly where they spent billions of dollars into the development of new AI systems and new technologies and methodologies. Uh, and then we lost somehow this, this, this cutting-edge level of doing research in Germany. Uh, this was his position and um, I think that is just not true. Because AI was historically all the time done in the US mostly. And in Europe the number one, is, in my opinion, was all the time the UK. With, with their uh, big institutes, uh, and we, had a good, we definitely did a, lo- a lot of good work in artificial intelligence. I don't want to question this, but there, there was a clear hierarchy as far as I would say this. And what we do now is take into account how much money we can spend into this field and how much money other countries and in particular companies spend into um, um, that discipline. Uh, we are doing a really great job, I would say. So that that that's a different perspective. So uh, that, yeah. that's,
1: that's what science lives from right from different um, right, perspectives right. and ideas. Yeah. Thank you very much for this short interview and for talking to us.
2: Thank you very much for this kind discussion.
0: When you enjoy listening to us, the best way to support us is by following us on your chosen podcast app. This could either be Google Podcast, Spotify or Apple Podcast. Another good way to support us is by following our Instagram account, which is called kaleidoscience underscore pod. On our Instagram account, you will also get regular information on the next episode. Thanks a lot for supporting us. This was Kaleidoscience, hosted by Elisa Palmer and Sönke Löw, produced by Alina Ohnesorge, Elisa Palmer, Sönke Löw and Sophie Kühne, produced in collaboration with the Cognitive Science Student Journal. The music was produced by Jan-Lukas Schröder, The logo was designed by Annika Richter. Thank you for listening and joining us on our journey through conversations on cognitive science.